All right, everybody, welcome back to the Lockdown Red Wings podcast. Today is Thursday, March 5th, 2020. I am your host, Detroit sports writer and a longtime Red Wings fan, Nolan Bianchi, here today, like I am every day, bringing the Red Wings news to you with my co-host, Ethan Smith. Ethan? Hi. Very good. You've been uh, you've been interrupting my introductions lately. Yeah, that was uh, that was really strong. Uh, not much to talk about today, is no, there? No. Uh, Red Wings have a couple days off in between games. Obviously, they played Monday night uh, against Colorado and won't play again until Friday against the Chicago Blackhawks, a game that used to mean a lot. Correct. Uh, unfortunately, these days it does not, as the uh, both the Red Wings and the Blackhawks are in last place of their respective divisions. Now, Ethan, this is an interesting episode because uh, you used to be a Blackhawks fan. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. Talk a little bit about how you were able to come back to the good side uh, of fandom. We have touched on it a little bit already, but uh, you know, I'd be interested to, to know from your perspective, some of your memories over these years uh, when these two teams were, were battling out in the Western Conference playoffs. We do have a couple other things to get to first, though, and that is an update on Red Wings defensive prospect Mo Sider. Uh, Griffin's VP and broadcaster Bob Kayser on Wednesday saying on Twitter, Sider is skating and could return in the fairly near future. Now that is some great news for the Detroit Red Wings, given what we talked about uh, recently uh, with everything that's going on in Grand Rapids. Uh, the Griffins did pick up a win on Tuesday night, kind of uh, balance themselves back out. Remember, they were riding that four-game losing streak. And, uh, you know, if they get Mo Sider back, he he's without a doubt far and away the most talented D-man on the team. It's going to be a huge boost to them as they continue to make a push for the AHL playoffs. Yeah, you know, it would be cool to see him up here, obviously. But, I mean, if the, with them still pushing for the playoffs and him not going to – he's going to get, you know – playing 25 27 minutes a game down there so i mean better that than having him playing what 14 15 where lindstrom is right now yeah definitely and he uh and being that it was a braid injury he did hit his head pretty hard on the ice that's what's been keeping him out for so long uh i don't think you want to bring him up to the nhl under like under any circumstances other than hey we need this guy to help make us a Help us make a push for playoffs. What What if they just made the ice softer, so when you hit your head, like it's not gonna cause damage like that, like in fights and stuff. You know that's a great idea, but as uh, as Uncle Joey would tell you from Full House, the best part about playing hockey is if you get hurt, the ice is like right there, so you'd be minimizing, you know, the effects that ice could have in the healing process if it was softer and maybe you know because softer typically means uh higher temperature so you wouldn't be able to heal things with the ice as fast yeah yeah it's true i'm sorry it's all right anyway cider's what the second guy that's gotten hurt in the last month one of our prospects otto kibben Mackey in the Finnish elite league has just got absolutely demolished with a hit to the head too, that really had I, shades of Cook and Marsh and Savard. It looked, it was awful. I heard about it. I refused to watch it. I've been keeping up with like everything that's been going on, but uh, I, I rem- like people were tweeting about it, and they said you know his head was bleeding like a faucet, and uh, that to me is is something I do not want to see. I have not seen it. Did did you? Oh yeah, I saw it. <laughs> okay, I'd live for that stuff. Well, what it was is he was. It was a basically a three-on-two, and there was a defenseman, a bigger guy, coming at him. And uh, he kind of lost the puck in his skates as he was looking to make a pass, and he looked down for a second 
found it and tried to get it. But, I mean, the point of contact was still the head. So there was the fact that he was looking down. Mm-hmm. But the point of contact, I mean, he, it, it, the angle that it was coming at, it should have been a shoulder to shoulder. But the guy just decked him in the head. And then he did a nice little 180 horizontally in the air it then hit his head on the ice and it was it was awful that's brutal it was I, brutal. every time i i like the was it joe pavelski got in the uh playoffs last year he got tied up at the uh on the face off got when they were playing the golden knights was a game yeah. seven yeah uh yeah and that injury any, anything with like heads bouncing off the ice that's i, I like can't handle that stuff I don't know what it is. It's just so jarring. And, like, you know, like, especially knowing, like, what the effects are. And we have all this research about CTE and concussions and all that other stuff. It's at the forefront of the the conversation right now regarding the sport. So, yeah, uh, we definitely wish those guys well. Uh, Obviously, Kevin Mackey uh, in a little bit more serious condition. But he does seem to be okay. I believe his brother released a statement either today or yesterday. Uh, saying that he's awake, he's alert, but uh, that young man's life is about to change. So prayers and hearts go out to you, Otto, and uh, hope you get well soon. Uh, for our first break, we do have a new segment to introduce, Red Wings Tweet of the Day. And uh, I think the first day we had two tweets that were really good, but also pretty similar. So I think we're going to read them both to you. And Ethan's going to have that one for you, so take it away. Okay, this first one is from Active Stick at the Oak Leafs. And they're, they're all, you know, good Red Wings tweets. Yeah. So we're going to go with humor on these or factual statistics. And today's topic is factual <laughs> absurd, statistics. Absurd factual factualities. Yes, which is my, my favorite reason I'm on, the biggest reason I'm on Twitter Basically. is for stuff like this. Goals scored since November 21st, a.k.a. Sheldon Keefe's first game as the head coach of Toronto. The Detroit, the, the Red Wings have 72, and Austin Matthews, William Nylander, and John Tavares have 71. That's bad. That's it. That's the tweet. <laughs> that's, so that's number one. That's my favorite part about like these Red Wings seasons is just like the absurd random statistics like this that come out of it. Do you want another absurd random yes, statistic? Absolutely. Tweet number two. At Dmitry Filipovic, at Dim Filipovic. All right. The state of California, a.k.a. the 28th, 29th, and 30th ranked teams, have a minus 121 goal differential. And you want to know something else crazy? The Detroit what, what, Red Wings, what? you know what their goal differential is? What is it? Minus 121. Oh, wow. That's it. That's that's them. That's the that's tweets. That's the tweet. Introducing Tweet of the Day. That is beyond absurd. The fact that, uh, I mean, I really just truly cannot believe, like, that that's an actual statistic. Nope. It's, just watching this entire year is something that's really been, like, I can't believe this is a thing. And, like, it's, it's at the point, we talk about it every episode, I talk about how we talk about it every episode, but, like, new things like this keep coming out, and, like, the, it's only gonna get crazier and crazier from here. That's the funny thing. It's like they, as they continue to go further into the season and further into this, just the absolute teeth of their, you know, their schedule to close out the year. Like these things are only going to get worse. The goal differential is going to 
negatively grow like exponentially as compared to like what it has been in you know the months leading up to it it's just an absurd time to be a detroit red wings fan right now and that like tweets like this are really the only things that can sum it up when you're like yeah they're bad they've only won 15 games but then it's like the first second and third teams like directly in front of you do not combine to be as bad as you are yeah, it's <laughs> dude. There's only so many times you could really hash this out. Yeah, and it's just it's like just, it's, it's just, all in good fun, right? And it, it's and it, it gets stagnant to a point where you're like, yeah, they're bad. But when yeah, you yeah, read when you read statistics, <laughs> like what we just read, like it's I just you're witnessing I just history. Don't get it straight up, straight up. There's no way around it. You're witnessing history. Yes. Awful history. Incredible. We'll remember this time when we're parents and we're old, grandparents, and we're talking about the days that Detroit didn't have one team that was not in the bottom of their division or conference in the four major sports. Mm -hmm. I think, you know what, and we talk about this all the time, a little bit of uplifting, a little bit of hashtag eternal optimism. Yep, baby. I I think the Red Wings are going to be the first team out of the cellar. Obviously... Uh, we don't know for sure. We can't read the future, but I have the most faith in the Red Wings right now. And to me, I think that it's, it's interesting to me. I always think about how I would feel about this season if Ken Holland was at the helm of the Detroit Red Wings. And it's a wildly different feel. Like none of this is nearly as funny to me (laughs) if Ken Holland is a GM instead of Steve Eiserman. Yeah, it was much more wait and see with Ken. Like, picking Zadina and Volino at the time were awesome picks. Yeah. And then when Steve took over and he's picked Cider, people are like, nah, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll tr- I'm trusting him. And, I mean, it's turned out amazingly for us so far. Mm-hmm. So it's, you know, I, have, I do have more faith just based on Steve's past 10 years and his track record as a GM than I mm-hmm. did when Ken was, you know, trying to prolong the streak you know and i think the other thing that is worth pointing out is i don't think i would probably guess that there's never been a team this bad that fans have been that this optimistic about and i mean maybe that's a stretch maybe not a lot of fans have the eternal optimism uh, you know about steve eisman running their their team but i don't think it's that they don't have it about steve it's that they don't have it just about this team. It's just like this team is still going to need years of, mm-hmm. you know, draft picks and good trades that work out for us to be, you know, back to a contending team or even like a solid playoff team. Yeah, and I think when, you know, you have the track record that the Red Wings have with the, you know, with the, the, the quarter century run that they had before this all came crashing down, I think there, there's a little bit more apathy Instead of like anger, like how did we get here? But I mean, I mean, I just can't imagine. Like I watched a lot of the Tigers last year, and I was just like, "Holy smokes, this team might be bad forever." You know, I I, I think that Red Wings fans, as tough as a season as they've had, should feel extremely fortunate that it comes in a year where they have the first year of Steve Eiserman and a lot of unknowns with to. You know, nothing has been taken away from the shine of Stevie Wise's tenure as, as Red Wings GM yet. 
And I think that that's something that is helping people, especially me, definitely me, uh, hang in there like through these tough times. Yeah, really. And out of like the four major teams in Detroit, too, whatever happened to the Detroit Shock? They moved. Oh, really? Yeah. When? I don't know, mid 2000s. Like not long after the really? championship. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Oh, wow. Okay, anyway, back to what I was talking about. Out of like the four major sports teams in Detroit, we have, without a doubt, we're best off at, at a management sense where we have guys that like. Sean Horkoff, like ex-players like that, mm-hmm. Draper, at, that we've promoted. And it's kind of like a boys club in a sense. You yeah. Know? But, like, yeah and, but Steve Eisman in itself is a proven winner. And I and we've seen how many times uh, throughout Steve Eisman's tenure as Team Canada GM, as Tampa Bay Lightning GM, I don't think that those guys like Malpe and Draper are in – the position, you know, I, I don't think there's a lot of nepotism. I don't know if nepotism applies to your friends or just your family or if I'm using that word incorrectly or what. I don't either. But I don't, like, I don't think that Steve Eiserman gets caught up in nepotism. You get what I'm saying? I, I think that if Chris Draper and Kirk Malpe and Sean Horkoff and, you know, whoever they're, or whoever else is in that front office is in that front office, it's because they they, you know, earned it on a merit-based, you know, kind of system. Yeah. Before we preview this weekend's games, though, I got I got a little fun fact for you. Since you brought up the Detroit Shock, they uh they were the first WNBA team to visit the Obama White House. No way. Yeah. Won championships in 2003, 2006, 2008. So, uh first WNBA team to win a or first expansion team to win a WNBA championship too. And then they moved to Oklahoma City in 2009. So, huh. Yeah. Nice. Good for them. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah. Did they, any, did they have any, like, retired jerseys or anything? Uh, that's a good question. I don't think so. Uh, you know, only 11 seasons in the league. So I, I don't know if that's, you know, long enough for anybody to, to make a mark like that. I remember, uh, never mind. We're not going to talk about the Detroit Shock. Uh, <laughs> this weekend's games. Two games at LCA. I think the Red Wings have three upcoming home games uh, still left on this homestand. They got Chicago on Friday, Tampa Bay on Sunday for a nice little 5 o'clock game. I like those 5 o'clock games. You get in, you get I out. I love them. Uh, then they play, I think, Carolina next Tuesday at home. So uh, a little bit of a homestand here for the Red Wings, and they can use all the help they can get. As we mentioned, they are playing the league's toughest schedule through the end of the season. Now, uh, if you're speaking or yeah, if you're speaking strictly in terms of records and stuff like that, the Blackhawks are the lowest team that they play for the rest of the year. Now, they're only like six to eight points out of a playoff spot at the moment, but they are at the bottom of the Central Division. Have not had a very good year. And maybe, just maybe, this is the game. A little, maybe an old rivalry to get the blood going, get the feet moving, the fans are jumping, it's a Friday night. I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it. Mm. What's, your, what's the score? What's the score? Six nothing. What? Oh, my God. Wow. No, not really. But the last time these two teams played, uh, the Red Wings took a 2 nothing lead in the first period. You'll remember that game. It was a fun, fun game until uh, until Chicago scored four unanswered and one fun to two. But Philip Zadina scored on the power play. Uh, I think Darren Helm had one of his, like, million assists in the year in that game. Uh, and Jimmy Howard got the start in net. That was uh, – that was – well, in the midst of what has turned out to be a very bad, 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 bad stretch. Um, 
They only stopped 23 of 26. Luckily, the Red Wings will probably have Jonathan Bernier, a very well-rested Jonathan Bernier in that on Friday, I might add. So, I don't know. I Maybe, think I think I'm feeling it. I think Jonathan Bernier and Jimmy Howard should both be able to wear like twelve, like the NHL regulation width of pads are eleven inches. I think they should be able to use like twelve or thirteen, like what you saw in like two thousand one, two thousand two, mm-hmm. when like Dominic Koshek had like thirteen inch pads. I agree. I think uh, I, we need more rules, like more random rules, to give advantages to bad teams. We, we've kind of talked about... Oh, you know what I just remembered? We were mm-hmm. supposed to put together conspiracies with Sergio Colchester, but we never did. <laughs> conspiracies to how to... F- oh, wow! Yeah. Oh, we'll have to do that. Sorry, guys. Uh, Sergio couldn't make it. Yeah, to so this episode. We'll, we'll push it back to the next time he's on. Right. Uh, no Sergio Colchester on this week. If you were looking forward to his appointment uh, on this show, you're going to be out of luck. But... Back to the Red Wings Blackhawks. Now, Ethan, what do you expect to see from this Blackhawks team when they come to town on Friday night? What are you watching for as a former Blackhawks fan and somebody who keeps up with the rest of the league a little bit more than I do? Um, I'm going to look at the Chicago roster and try and pick out anybody I could actually remember from those championships before Stan... Nicholas Gone. Gone. That's all I can remember. He's gone. Trevor Daly? He's he's on the Red Wings. Yeah, he's he's on the Red Wings' top D pair. (laughs) 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 yeah yeah that he is um let's see here dustin bufflin's not playing andrew ladd's not there versteeg's gone hosa's gone i mean jonathan taves patrick kane yeah yeah um brent seabrook's done for the year duncan keith almost got traded at the deadline just falling apart over there in chicago we love to hear it over here there's just not much left. I mean, you know, they got Debrinket and Strom and stuff like that, but I mean, they just traded away Rob, a 28-year-old Robin Lehner for some reason at the deadline because they didn't want to extend him, but they're going to keep 35-year-old Corey Crawford. I just don't get it, but it doesn't matter. Hopefully the Red Wings can beat him. I want Stan Bowman fired for what he did to that team, but it's fine. I'm not even a fan of him anymore. I couldn't tell you last time I watched Chicago. Hmm. That's good. We like what Stan Bowman's doing uh, over there in Chicago. Uh, I do miss the days of the rivalry that when the when like I said, this game used to mean something. It was amazing uh, on a Friday night. This is something. This is a game that would get me amped. This is a game that would look me forward to going into the weekend. But unfortunately, there's just no such thing as rivalries right now, and we know that because the Tampa Bay Lightning are also coming in on Sunday, and that was a bit of a rivalry as well when the uh, the two teams played each other in consecutive playoffs back in. 2014, 2015, I believe the years were. Um, Steve Eiserman, obviously the GM of the, the the team at the time, and now Steve Eiserman revenge game, getting revenge against his former team. Boys might be a little extra fired up. I'm thinking two in a row uh, to take us back into Monday's show. I'm kind of surprised there hasn't been a move made others other than Adam Ernie back, because Eiserman brought Ernie with him, yeah. essentially from Tampa, right. I thought there was gonna be something else for sure this at least this year. Just and you mean like another one of those like high not like, high potential but like low risk type yeah. si- trades that he made at the beginning of the year. I'm yeah. with you. I'm with you. Maybe he's just waiting until this off season. Uh, it's kind of I'm sure it's a little bit tough when you come into uh, when you come into a new system and you're trying to kind of evaluate which guys can be 
gotten rid of or which guys haven't reached their full potential and kind of judge them for yourselves is this going to be a guy who i want to keep or or move going forward and just dump and chase but uh yeah i'm with you i I definitely am surprised to see kind of less movement between there i mean you've seen it twice already with ken holland making two deals with steve eisman at the deadline so definitely not something that gms are are against and if you have information on a player that that comes from an organization they used to work for i mean by all means use that to your advantage and and try to acquire them yeah steven's damcos for anthony mantha straight up I like that. We we might have to toss in a draft pick, like fourth or fifth, yeah. something like that, yeah. to make that work. We'll uh, throw uh, Trevor Daly in there for him. <laughs> what else are you looking forward to in this Lightning game? Anything? Uh, watching Nikita Kucherov play. Mm-hmm. Um, Tyler Johnson, Braden Point. Alex Kalorn. Mm. Victor Hedman. Ryan McDonough. Andre Vasilevsky. Beautiful. God. That's, a- that's going to be us one day. I don't know how they haven't won a cup. I know. I really don't. And really, I mean, they what they got to the finals in 2015 against Chicago. Hate to see it. Hate to see it. I did, for sure. Uh, but, I mean, other than that, they, they haven't really been that close. I, I think two years ago they lost to Washington in the second round of the playoffs. Or was that the, was that the Eastern Conference final? Went to a game seven. I know that. Barakovsky had two, I think. Whatever. It's not important. Um, yeah, I mean, that, that pretty much does it for this weekend. We're, the, we're, we're in wait-and-see mode when it comes to these Red Wings games going forward, so not much to preview there. But uh, we will have another show for you guys on Friday, hoping to do a Red Wings Rewind. Not exactly sure what the topic's going to be yet, but we will be doing a blast from the past to... Uh, a blast from the past? A blast from the what? past. Wow, when he had hair, maybe? Wow. Are we going to do the life and times of Jeff Blaschel and the Red Wings rewind on Friday? I like that. Uh, so, yeah, we'll talk to you guys then. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast so that when you wake up on Friday morning, it is ready by the time you head out on your morning commute. And follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Red Wings. You can also find me at Noel Bianchi and Ethan at Ethan Sniff. Uh, both of those names you can find in the bio of the Lockdown Red Wings Twitter. I made it. He made it. Oh, I put, oh yeah, I forgot we talked about this yesterday. I put him in the bio, so how do you feel? Um, uh, crap, what's the word? Excited, um, elated. No, no, it's like when you, when, you du- when you got somewhere that you've always been waiting to feel like vindicated. I feel it. Yeah. All right, uh, we'll talk to you guys tomorrow, everybody. Have a safe and enjoyable Thursday.